This podcast is a production of Schweitzer, a United Methodist Church, transforming lives by making disciples of Jesus Christ. So we're talking these days about simplify. How do we simplify our lives? And last week we got started by talking about simplifying our calendar. And we we asked you to ask some questions of yourself. Uh, what do I need to do to say no? What do I need to say no to? And how do I prioritize my life? And you know, simplify sounds simple enough, but, but it really is hard work. And today's topic on simplifying our finances is probably even more challenging. So I felt like I could use some help today. And so I invited some friends of mine, members at Schweitzer, here to join me today as we talk about just some real financial issues from a spiritual perspective, uh, learn more about Financial Peace University as well. And uh, I really appreciate uh, Phil and Jody Graft and uh, uh, Sheila Bowen and uh, John Jones, married couple, both married couples <laughs> that uh, happen to be married and they're with me today, uh, <laughs> to share with us about some real life matters uh, of finances. To get started, I'd like for us to, to look at uh, some scripture from 1 Timothy. And these words of Scripture are printed for you on the front of uh, your Pray, Study, Grow. They're uh, the words of the Apostle Paul that he writes to young Timothy. Timothy is a young pastor, a young leader of the Christian faith. And uh, in two different letters, Paul writes to Timothy about a lot of different subjects. And uh, he has several things to say about a relationship with finances and consumerism and contentment. So uh, let's look at that first segment together, if you want to follow along on the screen as well. And uh, let's think about uh, these words of, of Scripture. Paul writes, Of course, there is great gain in godliness combined with contentment. For we brought nothing into the world so that we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with these but those who want to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And in their eagerness to be rich, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. So there's couple of primary things that Paul talks about in those verses of Scripture with, with Timothy. He talks about the temptation or the drive of, of becoming rich. And he talks about contentment. He talks about uh, how that it's not wrong uh, to, to have resources. But he really gives some uh, strong words about uh, how that the love of money can lead to all kinds of evil and that uh, how that when we really seek after resources and what money can buy and if that becomes all-consuming in our spirit it, it really it can really get a hold of us in a way that that's not good so to start to start out with I'd, I'd like to turn to my friends and uh, ask you to be vulnerable a little bit and talking about a time when your own relationship with money or what money can buy was, was out of whack for you. So, who, who'd like to jump in with that one? I guess I'll start. Um, 
I don't know if we've got these on. Uh, now they're on. Okay, my name is Sheila, and I'll talk about a time about five to seven years ago uh, regarding my relationship with money. Uh, I always made really good money because I worked hard, but I spent every last penny of it on people, things, making other people happy, on people I didn't even know for no reason. Well, I think at one time in our lives, we were kind of um, using the buy now, pay later theory a little too often. And when money would get tight, we'd grab the plastic and, and use that. Um, and that tends to get you out of whack pretty quick. And I had some different attitudes than Phil did, so we weren't on the same page all the time. And um, I encourage you to, to do that, to get on the same page as a family. I suppose the way I was out of whack with, with uh, money was not so much on whether or not I had any, but I, I don't think I really ever had a plan. Um, so the money would come in and it would get spent, um, but there was no plan. Um, my case sometimes, uh, I was always kind of a saver, and uh, when I was making you know, good money, I'd, I'd put you know, a fair amount of it aside, but uh, sometimes life throws you little curves. I lost my job and was unemployed uh, for a period of time and um, had some financial difficulties with some partners, and it uh, was a time when I was really depressed about uh, what was going on and didn't have the resources and uh, almost lost my home at that point in time. And, uh, it was very difficult uh, to deal with that. Uh, depressed, and I was really out of whack with, in terms of you know what I had resource-wise. Now, one of the things that I think drives our consumerism is that we're always told through commercials and advertisement that uh, you know if you buy this or you get this, then then you're going to be happy. And uh, Paul takes a, an interesting tact here, where he talks about the importance of contentment, just uh, being content with uh, basic things like food and clothing and shelter. So uh, how is, is contentment something that's necessary and needed in helping you to overcome the temptation of, of purchasing? Or how does contentment help you to learn to do without or with less, at least for a season? I'll talk to that. Uh, actually, when you think about all the things that we're given by God, who everything is his to begin with anyway, you know, we're stewards of those things. And it's a want versus a need thing, first of all. And when you work on a budget every month, which is something we should all be encouraged to do, sorting out that want versus need is a good place to do that. Uh, I think that, you know, a lot of times, uh, there's an opportunity to try to fill that void in your life uh, with things. And so we get the next best thing, that's going to make us happy. Um, get that new car, we're going to be happy then. And what I found in my life is that it's really more about my relationship, my relationship with God, my relationship with my family. Uh, and putting the financial things in their place and having a piece about that, in other words, know that I've kind of got that taken care of because I'm not spending everything I have for the next thing that's going to make me happy again. Uh, that's been one of the things that I've looked at in my life. Okay. Like to add anything to that? 
Uh, not really. I mean, I think right. they did a pretty good job. I think getting needs and wants mixed up can really be an issue. Mm -hmm. And um, when you uh, figure out your relationship with money and the importance that to have walk in faith with that, that decision, it helps you feel really at peace with where you are mm -hmm. with those things. So, you know, I think we can all identify times when we had buyer's remorse, where we bought something and we thought that, man, that was, we just really needed that or really wanted that. And, uh, but we discover later that uh, it, it wasn't that shiny object that really filled that hole in our heart. And on top of that, if we couldn't afford it, if we're making payments on it and it's interest on top of that, then that, that, that whole debt thing really makes us a slave. There's a scripture in Proverbs that says that rich people rule over those who are poor. Borrowers are slaves to lenders. How true. So I'd like to ask uh, each of you to talk about uh, the importance of minimizing debt. Uh, talk about uh, some of the things that you did. Uh, choices you made to, to minimize or work yourself out of debt. Okay, I guess I'll go first again. <laughs> um, I personally will admit to this group that I had $48,000 in debt at one point, which I have since paid off. Uh, one of the ways, many of the ways I got rid of that debt was I sold everything. I sold jewelry, exercise equipment, sewing machines, furniture, almost sold the kids, but that didn't work out too good. <laughs> But Dave Ramsey always talks about selling everything but the kids. Uh, so that's kind of funny. Um, the other thing is having a budget. Uh, that really helped. And then getting a second job. You know, I work two jobs. I have a business, and then I work a full-time job elsewhere. And that really helps me to get on top of that debt. So, Sheila, I'm curious. Did you get on eBay, or what were some of the ways oh, yeah. that you eBay, sold all that stuff? Yeah. Craigslist. Uh, signage, putting up, talking to people. I'm a big networker, so there's always someone that wants something you have. I've learned that, so it's just finding those audiences that have what you want. Great. All right. With a family, uh, you always have uh, a lot of different uh, costs that come in. We have uh, two daughters that were teenagers when we first got married, and my stepdaughters. Um, they tend to go through a lot of things, like uh, we had two daughters, and we went through four cars. They got wrecked or totaled, and uh, we told them to start with, we'd help them with the first one, and had a plan for that, and put aside money for that, and then uh, when those were wrecked, we said, well, you're going to have to come up with the rest of your money for whatever you have. Sometimes that's no transportation for six months. Uh, and they were, weren't expensive cars. They were $2,500 cars. I mean, I kind of thought that they might go through those, so I didn't want to put a whole lot of money at the start with. Um, in that time, we also looked at negotiating on our insurance, uh, cutting our cable bill back, deciding not to go with cable and just get a digital antenna, and uh, cut down our phone bill and saved about 300 a month in expenses that were going out. And we had some parents in the first service that when you were saying that, they were kind of going like this, and their kids were saying, don't even think about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there is a family uh, discussion uh, to be had that... And that's a way of teaching values and perspective and, and also to help, help younger persons become financially smart. So that's, that's good. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. While we were well within our means to make some of the choices we made to start out with, um, 
life happened. We had circumstances that came up and threw us curves, and we realized we had not planned well to be good stewards of our money um, for emergencies or for things that came up in life. And so through um, a lot of prayer and, and taking emotion out of our decisions and looking at our finances together and making a plan, um, it helped us overcome a lot. We sold our home. We got rid of all kinds of different things, consolidated some stuff, and, and um, we worked as a team to do that, and amazing results. I don't know that I really have a whole lot to add to that. I think I'm up here for eye candy. So, <laughs> um, Phil, you, you get to go first on this next question. Um, we're going to look at uh, some scripture first, though. Uh, uh, let's look at the rest of chapter 6 of 1 Timothy. And here, uh, Paul shifts the emphasis a little bit in terms of, uh, okay, if you have resources and you're in that place in life where uh, you have some means, uh, what's our relationship to be like in that regard? So he writes these words, as for those who in the present age are rich, you know, rich is a relative term, isn't it? But uh, in many, many ways, uh, those of us in today's standards across the world, we have considerable resources. So those who are in this present age who are rich, command them not to be haughty or to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but rather on God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. They are to be good, to do good, to be rich in good works, generous and ready to share, thus storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of the life that really is life. You know, Paul really says a mouthful in, in a few words there. And just this whole understanding of uh, putting God first and recognizing that all that we have and all that we are really belongs to God. So uh, starting with Phil, uh, if you could talk about uh, what that does for you in your spiritual journey, but also how that, that giving off the top, if you will, actually stabilizes your financial picture. And then uh, you can also talk about just the, the joy of being at a position where you can give to bless and help others. I was lucky enough to grow up in a family with, with Christian values and, and a church-oriented family. And so from early, early age, uh, we were raised to consider that 10% off the top. Um, and so I've been raised like that when Jody and I began our relationship uh, she soon came to realize that that was my method of operation, so to speak. It is so automatic that uh, every check that comes into our home, 10% comes off the top, and then we live on the rest. And it's just, it's something that is just that. It's automatic. There's no struggle. It's just how it is. Well, and, and I can add to that. I mean, I was the reluctant one who, who felt like, well, we might need that tithe later, and maybe we shouldn't let that go right now, and have learned that there is such peace 
in doing that first. And, um, and then savings to ourselves comes next so that what is left is what we budget on and what we live on. And um, that has changed our financial picture tremendously. So um, I'm grateful that we began to work together as a team, and that made a huge difference in the outcome. Good. Thank you. I agree with the tithing. When you, when you have it just, it, from our perspective, it just dings our bank account right away, so I don't even include it in any of our budgeting. And then just, I can't even have enough words to describe just how God makes your cup overflow when you tithe and give to him regularly. And then to have that extra money when you're not in debt up to your eyeballs, to be able to help people anywhere you go, whether it's here at church, someone at work, maybe that's struggling, and you can do it quietly and just see the relief they encounter with that, and they don't even have to know you are the benefit factor with that. I was uh, going through a little different phase of my life where I didn't want to put 10% aside. I was always worried about what the future was going to be, and I'm not sure. I need a little bit more on the side, so I'll, I'll give it to God, but a little bit later after I get a little more comfortable in where, where I'm at my finances. Um, I lost my job and uh, was unemployed for a period of time, and uh, I found at that point I had an opportunity to, uh, to have God there to help me through those difficult times. A lot of depression, and I, um, he helped me get through the day-to-day -day and take that next step. Uh, and later on, it took me a while that uh, I was able to get to a point where I was more financially secure. And, and finding out the, the opportunity to help other people uh, and to give back to our community through church, through other outreach things, uh, really filled me up in terms of fulfilling what God would have me do in my life. And it wasn't just about what I could accumulate and trusting more in Him to provide for the future as well. Thank you. Well, all of you have been either facilitators or students of Dave Ramsey's course, Financial Peace University. And we, we gathered Monday night, we talked about uh, what we might talk about today. and. Uh, you all were carrying on so much about Dave Ramsey. I said you might throw in the name of Jesus occasionally, too, and what you have to say this morning. <laughs> but uh, but t seriously, uh, obviously, uh, Dave Ramsey and the teaching you received through Financial Peace University changed your lives. So uh, tell us about uh, how that affected you. What's the essential things that you learned, if you will, and uh, what you would say in a word of encouragement to someone that might want to be a part of the next session. Uh, well, first of all, because I was so deep in debt, I was able, or am able to say that I did every single thing that Dave Ramsey said to do. So in dealing with creditors, I got to do that. To write pro rata letters to creditors, I did that. I did everything. So. Uh, the thing I learned the most about Dave Ramsey is he teaches you the nuts and bolts of budgeting, which most people are like, ugh, budget, don't want that. But actually, I'm such a geek now, I love to do my budget. Every month, on paper, carry it in my purse, mark things off. I mean, I've gone the other extreme. So it's really helped me with that regard. Uh, if you can't tell, my wife is a uh, rule maker and she likes to stay right inside, color inside the lines. And uh, 
I was always a saver, she was a spender, and, and so one of the things that helped us uh, is to come together is to work together as a couple, and Dave Ramsey's program helped us to do that so that, you know, finance is an area that caused a lot of strife in relationships, and uh, when you can come together and have a plan and be projected toward the future, it really helps out a lot. The other thing is that it's not just people that are poor or have difficulties in financial, um, what we find out statistically is that 70% of the people live paycheck to paycheck. Doesn't matter what, how much money you make. If you make $300,000, you could be living paycheck to paycheck. And some of you out there may be experiencing that. You've got all these different things that we think make you wealthy. You've got a car, a boat, and a lot someplace else. But you're mortgaged to the hill. Uh, you're in the same place as somebody that's having financial difficulty and makes $10,000. Uh, so if you want to have peace in your life, that's put things in perspective and have a plan. That's what we were gonna get out of Dave Ramsey. Thank you, what would you like to add? Well, in our family, I was the reluctant one. I didn't feel like I wanted to take that course because I didn't think I, we needed it. But I came to find out that we truly learned things that maybe we already knew, but a different way of looking at them. Um, Dave Ramsey was fun, entertaining, uh, wise and biblically based and so as a as a couple of faith in faith we had to walk in faith we had to demonstrate that we were living what we what we believed and so he helped us actually put our money in perspective and we learned how to control that of course control is a relative term if once you if you think you're in control you're wrong but um, we learned how to have a plan and stick to it. And we worked together as a team. I can't stress that enough, that we, that we work together to make that happen. And I'm so grateful for the principals in the Ramsey class, so. It's real easy when you're talking about finances and, and getting control of them or whatever to, to think of it as a subject you're going, do we really have to talk about this? But look at the face of Dave Ramsey, because that is the guy you get when you watch the video. I mean, we all probably have a favorite TV show. During the third, or there used to be 13, during the nine weeks of Dave Ramsey, the video that we watch every week kind of became my favorite TV show because he is entertaining. And uh, yes, he does invoke the name of Jesus Christ in the scriptures as he teaches about Financial Peace University. The key word in Financial Peace University is the word peace, um, because I think before taking that class, it wasn't there. But once Jody and I got our system in place by trusting in the Lord, trusting in his servant, Dave Ramsey, it has brought a genuine peace to our way of thinking about our finances. And you sleep at night. That, that means a lot. Um, Sheila's facilitating with some friends. Uh, John, are you helping with that? Yes. John's helping too. Uh, this next session, which starts a week from today, uh, 12.30 with lunch, or you bring lunch. Bring your, lunch. bring your own lunch or eat it before 12.30. And it's just 90-minute sessions for nine weeks. And uh, really want to encourage anyone that really wants to get a hold of, of, uh, of their financial picture in a way that's... Uh, helpful to them, uh, based on biblical truth, freeing, uh, consider being a part of this. 
Well, what, uh, what final thing would you like to share with us, uh, speaking out to anyone uh, out there that may feel particularly overwhelmed about uh, what their situation is like and just encouraging them to live a fruitful life, to, to know that everything belongs to God and that uh, make that connection with faith and finances. So. I'll go ahead and start. And John kind of touched on this, um, but, uh, and it just flew out of my head what it was I was going to say. So <laughs> what I will say is uh, to the staff of, of Schweitzer, uh, when you asked me to facilitate this class and I agreed to, I realized that had you not asked, I probably would not have taken the class. Um, I'm so, so grateful that you asked and that we accepted that. So thank you. Thank you, Phil, for, for doing that. And I will say that uh, no matter where you are in your financial journey, whether you have a little or you have a lot, that class is very welcoming to everybody because in that group, which is usually largely people from Schweitzer, we learn from each other and we gain insight from each other. So even if you have a lot, you can help those that maybe don't by just giving your wisdom. It's very encouraging and vice versa. That's what I was going to say. That was it. All right. Well, let's give these folks a hand. Appreciation for what... That's good for us there. Thank you.